Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the post-game show following a 2-2 draw between Bayern Munich and SC Freiburg. Wow. Bangers only. And no, I am not talking about Tom Adams' Google search history. Every single goal in that Bayern Munich match was amazing. All four, two by each team, all were highlight reel goals. It it was pretty incredible to watch, but what was not incredible to watch was Bayern collapse once again under Thomas Tuchel. This is clearly a match they should not have dropped points in, but here we are, another draw making this chase of Bayer Leverkusen all that much more difficult. I don't know how Bayern Munich is going to be able to claw back into this race. I think now it really might be over, and we could be one more game away if Bayern falters against Lazio to Thomas Tuchel's tenure at the club, ending just a bit early. But we'll get into all of that later, like we always do on the post-game show. Let's start from the beginning, and man, it was a very, very frustrating beginning. Uh, Thomas Tuchel's starting 11 made a lot of sense, I thought. Uh, he chose to go with Manuel Neuer in between the sticks, center back combination of Kim Min Jae and Eric Dyer. Outside backs were Rafael Guerrero and Yashua Kimmich. Uh, we have a lot to say about Kimmich. Central midfield was Leon Goretzka and Alexander Pavlovich. The attacking group was Jamal Musiala, Thomas Muller, Matisse Tell, and Harry Kane. For the most part, I could see exactly why Thomas Tuchel made the decisions that he did with his starting 11. Uh, Dio Upamakano was available, but I think that Tuchel wanted to give Dyer and Kim Min Jae a little bit more time to work together. Of course, Matthijs De Ligt is out facing a yellow card accumulation suspension. So where do you start? Uh, the outside backs, uh, you easily could have started Alfonso Davies today, but I think Bayern Munich wanted to be very conservative with him. And they used Guerrero, who I thought was eh, not great today. Kimmich on the other side really struggled. I think he looks very uncomfortable. 
He looks very unmotivated to be playing for Thomas Tuchel. It's not good for Kimmich right now. In fact, I think it's at a point where Bayern Munich might need to sit him down or they might need to move him back to the central midfield because right now playing outside back is not working. This is his poor as I've seen Kimmich play in a long time, and it was very disappointing, not just for what happened on the pitch today, but also because the German national team is counting on Kimmich, it seems, to play right back, and it's quite simply not going to work if this is how he's going to play the position. It, it was not good. In the central midfield, Goretzka and Pavlovich were, I thought, the natural selections there. I, I thought they were okay. Pavlovich, at times, I thought struggled a bit. I thought Goretzka, up until the very end, I thought had a, a pretty strong match. The attacking group I was pretty satisfied with, to be honest. Uh, one thing I'll say is I thought Harry Kane did very well posting up inside the box. It just was not Harry Kane's day in terms of finishing. He had some opportunities, could not hit the mark, but Jamal Musiala and Matisse Tell both did. I thought Thomas Muller played a decent game. wasn't great. wasn't bad. He was decent. Uh, but this was a match that really I think Byron will think about a lot and realize that they they should have done much, much better against SE Freiburg than they did. So uh, we'll take a look right now at how things shook out because this was a very, very rough start for Bayern Munich. The first 25 minutes of the match were just near impossible to watch and be happy with if you were a Bayern Munich fan. Uh, they were slow. They were unsure. Just everyone seemed to be out of position all the time. And if you looked at Freiburg at that point, they looked like the powerhouse. They looked like one of the best teams in Europe. Bayern Munich just looked like they were on their heels. They were scuffling to keep up with Freiburg. Now, eventually, Freiburg's pace and urgency would wear down. But those first 25 minutes were really impressive to watch to see what Freiburg did to Bayern Munich. Uh, it did pay off for Freiburg in the 12th minute after a series of shots that put Manuel Neuer under pressure. There was one save, then there was a crossbar. The ball got batted around a bit, came out to Christian Gunter, who just hit a, a marvelous left-footed half volley to the far post. I mean, Manuel Neuer could not have done anything with it. Just a tremendous shot. And Freiburg got up 1-0 just 12 minutes into the match, and it, you just had that feeling it might be one of those games. But something happened there in the 25th minute, and I think... It sparked Bayern Munich a little bit. Thomas Muller was making a run into the box, got taken down. There was no penalty called. I actually thought it was a PK, but what do I know? Uh, anyway, it, it, regardless of what I thought, it nothing was called. But Bayern did start to play with a little more aggression, a little more urgency, a little bit faster. And it would pay off as Matisse Tell on the left side hit a tremendous shot. I mean, just an absolute banger. Tell was tremendous on that shot, and, and he was pretty good for the game. Uh, there was a lot of fluid play among that attacking group. They were all over the place, which is probably both good and bad because I felt like nobody really got overly comfortable to the, to the point where uh, you could depend on someone to be in a specific area. It was just a lot of interplay, maybe too much based on the players that they had there. But anyway, anyway. 35th minute tell knotted the match up at 1-1. And if you have not seen this shot, you, you need to check out all four goals in this game, but you definitely need to see the, the one by tell. Bayern Munich went into halftime, tied 1-1. One, one. 
but definitely carried the momentum. And I thought they came out pretty strong in the second half and looked like the better team. In the 64th minute, we saw Alfonso Davies come in for Rafael Guerrero, who, again, I didn't think Guerrero was really great. I don't think Alfonso Davies came in and did anything special either, but uh, it would have been nice maybe to see him start the match. But I get it. I understand why Bayern Munich would want to be a little bit conservative with him at this point. At the same time, Conrad Limer came in for Joshua Kimmich, and it was a good substitution by Tuchel because Kimmich, I thought, was a mess. Uh, not that Limer was really any better, but Kimmich was really bad, and Kimmich was looked like he was pretty pissed off coming off the pitch. I'm sure he did not like being taken out of the game at that point, but it would have been pretty hard for anyone to argue against it. 75th minute, we saw another terrific goal. This one by Jamal Musiala. Now, listen, I'm going to say this. Up until this point in the match, I was very critical of Jamal Musiala. And someone in our comments had a just a great reference there. Uh, let me get the person's name to give proper credit. But it was a, a great thing that I was thinking in my head, but could not articulate it as well as this person did because Musiala had several instances early in the match where he had done some great things and made some great moves, had good footwork, but could not complete the act. He would either dribble into someone or turn the ball over or have a bad pass, whatever it was. But Go Tigers 716 said, sometimes Moose looks like a noob playing FIFA that doesn't know which buttons passes or shoots. And I actually like laughed at that because it was really, I thought it was really funny because it's true. At times, Musiala would be dribbling and just run into someone or he would make a pass that made no sense. Like he held a button down too long or something. But in this case, Musiala was in a 1v1, somehow dribbled his way into a 1v3, got out of it and ripped the shot with the only sliver of space that he had. Just an awesome effort. I mean, awesome goal to watch. I don't know even know how he did it because he actually put himself into more trouble making the moves he did. But this time it worked out gave Bayern Munich the 2-1 lead. And I have to say, at that point, I was really confident about everything that was happening. And then Tuchel started going to the bench again. He took out Eric Max, or he took out Thomas Muller for Eric Max and Chupo Moting in the 77th minute, which did not get that. I thought Muller was doing his job. Uh, I thought it was a risky thing because of the way Bayern Munich was playing, they had a lot of momentum, and you didn't necessarily want to take away from that. But here we are, and Chupo came in and had a pretty uneventful time in the match. In the 83rd minute, another odd substitution. Tuchel wanted to shore things up defensively, brought in Dio Upamakano for Jamal Musiala. Again, I probably wouldn't have done that. Uh, I may have gone Upamakano for Kim Min Jae, who I didn't think was great in the match, but... Um, Whatever, I'm not too cool. So uh, Jamal Musiala went out, Upa Makano came in, and four minutes later, a long throw-in found its way to to uh, an SC Freiburg player who was able to deftly touch it to Lucas Holaire, who hit the game's fourth incredible shot. Holaire, who, I mean, I listen, I know Holaire, is a, he's a good player, and he has done some very good things for SC Freiburg in a season where this team hasn't really been that good, but Hilaire did uh, what he did on this play and to be able to rip the shot the way he did uh, just a tremendous effort and a tremendous game overall for him. I thought that Hilaire has continued to be a player who seems to have a knack to make his 
game rise up against Bayern Munich, and this was a, a great one. I think on that play, it was Kim Min Jae who did not a great job at defending that throw in. And it was also Goretzka who I believe was marking Lucas Holaire. Now, granted, the touch that came off was not great. It was, well, no, it was a great touch. But what I'm saying is it was pretty unpredictable. <laughs> and it looked like it caught Goretzka off guard. And unfortunately, it was Michael Gregorich who had touched it. He was posted up on Kim Min Jae and had just a pretty deft touch to Holaire who had just enough space to rip off the perfect shot. And when I say perfect shot, it, it really was. Just like the other three goals in this game were. They were all perfectly placed shots. Manuel Neuer had zero chance at that. The game went into extra time, of course, and ended in a 2-2 draw. Wow. A lot to digest there. A lot that went wrong in a little bit of time at the end of the game. But and looking at it from a totally objective standpoint... Not sure that Bayern Munich totally deserved to win the match because they came out really, really bad. And then they had some lapses at the end and that cost them. And, you know, it takes away all of that good work that they did in the middle of the match. Now, if this was, say, a game that occurred when Bayern Munich was sitting atop the table and maybe had a six or seven point advantage over the next team, you would say, all right, you can live with this result. However, this is a Bayern Munich team that entered the match eight points behind Bayer Leverkusen. And to drop two points there, it's, it was really tough to take. And I think this is a, a Bayern Munich team that needs to do a lot of soul searching, not just on the roster, because the players obviously need to improve what they're doing. The coaches need to improve what they're doing as well. But the, the club has to figure out a direction here. Which players can it build around? Which players can it trust moving forward? It's very tough to get a read on things because of how this season has played out and the ill will that totally exists between the coaching staff and the players. It's going to be tough for Max Ebrell to take a look at this situation, figure out who he needs to keep, who he needs to sell, because on any given day, you have someone else stepping up while someone else falters. So this is a it's a very tough situation. And I, I don't know where Bayern Munich goes from here. We're going to take a quick break that we're going to come back and examine some of the parts of the game a little bit deeper and then talk about where this is all going. Hang with us. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the post game show. This is Chuck Smith. Thanks for hanging in there after that break. It was, again, a very frustrating match if you were a Bayern Munich fan because you saw some of the best of what they can do and some of the worst those slow starts where they look completely overmatched against teams where they really shouldn't. That's something that has been a trademark under Tuchel. The late defensive lapses that just seem to never happen under Hansi Flick. Those have been a persistent issue since Julian Nagelsmann took over, and now they've carried over with Thomas Tuchel. It's just not good. It's not where it needs to be. But if you want to take some positives out of it, it was great to see Matisse tell take advantage of a start. He came out and listen, it wasn't the most clean game. He wasn't perfect in the match, but he hit a tremendous goal when the team absolutely needed him to. And it wasn't a, it was not a high percentage shot. I mean, this was a perfectly placed ball. On another day, it probably goes wide or it misses high, but Tell hit it perfectly there. And he stepped up and did exactly what Byron needed him to do in that instance. So I was very happy to see him do that. Similarly, Musiala for all of the mistakes he made earlier in the match and even the mistake he made of kind of dribbling himself into being in a disadvantage was able to find a way to score and and really that should have been the game winning goal 
But unfortunately, as we know, Bayern Munich's late defensive lapses have become a constant thorn in my side and the side of many other fans who watch that match and watch Bayern Munich smashes, but especially this one because it was totally preventable, I think, with a little bit more effort and urgency from Bayern Munich. Another thing you could take away from this is Manuel Neuer still absolutely has it. When he was tested with shots that he could possibly get to, he made the saves. But Freiburg's two goals, and I do encourage you that if you miss this game, you absolutely need to go back and watch it. Neuer did everything he could, but they were just too good of shots for him to get to. And otherwise, though, I thought Neuer did exactly what you would want from him. He kept them in the match. He made some difficult stops. And he did give Bayern Munich an opportunity to win that match. He put them in a position to win. And unfortunately, they just couldn't close the deal. Some of the negatives, though. Uh, the back line continues to statistically not put up poor performances, but to the eye, you're seeing a little bit of a mess. Uh, I, I don't know what's up with Kim and Jay. I have not loved how he's been playing of late. I haven't been totally big on him all season. But he's had some great moments, and he's had some down ones. I thought he wasn't great today again, uh, and I do worry that the wear and tear that's been put on him and the mileage that he's racked up has totally affected his ability to react as quickly, to move as quickly, and, and to play as physical as he needs to. If you remember, like this is a guy who they call the monster or whatever, and he's a guy who's known for his physical play, but he can't even play as physical as you need him to because I think he's just beat up and tired. And he had a couple of great tackles in the match, but when you needed him to be tough and to win a ball, he couldn't do it. Couldn't use his body to get in there and beat Grigorge to that ball. And unfortunately, that was a play that ultimately ended up hurting Bayern Munich's chances to win the match. So I wasn't really pleased with anything I saw in the back line. I thought Guerrero at best was average. I thought Kimmich was below average. Dyer was okay. I mean, I would say this. Kim and Jay and Dyer were okay at center back. They weren't great. Uh, but in, in the end, I mean, it, overall from the back line, it just was not good enough. And unfortunately, that's been a consistent theme. It doesn't matter who they mix in or which players are there. It's just not good enough. And, you know, speaking of Kimmich, you know, he left and he looked mad. He looked irate when he left the match. And, and I get it. I think he is a ball of frustration right now. I think he's questioning a lot of things about himself. I think that this season has probably done some damage to his psyche. Remember, this was just a couple of seasons ago. This guy was known as the mentality monster. And whatever has happened under Tuchel, all of the mental warfare that was waged with comments through the media about replacing Kimmich, it seems to really have taken a toll on him. And unfortunately, that's the human part of how these dealings go. You can talk about how someone should be tough enough to look past it or how someone shouldn't let it affect them, but he's a human. And he had his head coach basically calling for his job. And I think it did affect him. And I think he not only has a lot of bitter feelings toward Tuchel. And listen, this is not stuff any of these players will ever admit right now. Maybe in a year or two when they look back on this and some journalist that they're friends with approaches them about it, maybe they'll speak then. Yeah, it might not even be two years. It could be a couple months. But Tuchel won't be here. That's That's what I do know. Anyway... I think he's got a lot of stuff built up. I think he's got a lot going on. And I think he looks a little distracted as well. And I know there's a lot of transfer rumors surrounding him. I don't think that's quite the major distraction. 
but I think he has a genuine dislike for playing for Thomas Tuchel. I don't know how he feels about him personally, but it does not look like Joshua Kimmich is having fun playing under Thomas Tuchel. He doesn't look like the same guy. Uh, just his his facial expressions, how he plays, the intensity which he plays with. He's not confident right now. And to me, of all the players that have scuffled under Tuchel, Kimmich seems to be the one that's taken the biggest hit. And I think that fans are growing more and more irritated at Kimmich. And there's there's a real vim and vigor being directed at him, at him online. And I think it's all getting to him. And unfortunately, like he's not handling it in a way that that I think a lot of people would like to see him handle adversity in. And this is a it's a tough spot. And I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for the guy. He was not good today. But I do think there's much more than meets the eye to what's going on with him and how he feels about playing for Tuchel and what the motivation level is like. I would like to think that Kimmich could move on and not let a lot of this stuff affect him, but it looks like it really has. And unfortunately, because it's affecting him in this way, I think it ultimately is affecting the team because whether anyone likes it or not, this team needs a good, motivated, and focused Yeshua Kimmich to be successful, and it's just not getting that right now. So where does Bayern Munich go from here? You had an unfortunate draw against SC Freiburg. This could really all go sideways. And I'm not just even talking about my awful predictions that get worse and worse every week. Damn it. When am I ever going to learn my lesson? Anyway, when you get to the Lazio match next week, this is in my mind, the do or die game for Tuchel. If Bayern loses or fails to advance in the Champions League, I think they immediately cut ties with Tuchel. And regardless of the fact of needing a caretaker manager or someone to fill in, at that point, it won't matter. The Bundesliga is pretty much out of reach. If you're knocked out of the Champions League, there's no point in keeping Tuchel. Get him out. See what you have. Let the players on the roster have a fresh start for the last part of this season. So Max Ebro can really assess what he has in this group, where they need to go, what improvements he needs to make, because he's not going to see a true picture under Thomas Tuchel. And I think we're seeing that right now, that we are not going to get an idea of who is still with Bayern Munich and who wants to get the hell out of Bayern Munich at this point. Because I think so many of the players are either unfocused or have such bitterness toward Tuchel and, and probably vice versa, that this is not going to work. So in my mind, this all hinges on next week's match against Lazio. Bayern Munich loses or they draw and don't move on to the next round of the Champions League. I think this is it, and that will be the last game that Thomas Tuchel coaches because there's just really no reason to keep him around. And uh, that's about where we'll end this post-game show. So I appreciate everyone hanging in there. Drop me some comments to this post. Hit me up on social media. You know I love interacting, getting your takes on everything. But a fun game to watch if you were a neutral, but not a fun result if you were a Bayern Munich fan. As always, you can get me at the Barrel Blog on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get our tweet, Meister Tom Adams at Tommy Adams seventy one. Just don't check his search history. You can get I need no name at BFWINNN. You can get all of our great and wonderful and talented writers at BavarianFootballWorks.com. They'll be covering the match in every single way with our initial analysis, our match awards, our observations, and all the reactions, plus all of the extra coverage this weekend. So hang with us there. Check us out. Hit all of those posts up. I'm sure they're writing a lot of stuff that you'll like to read. So, uh, hey, thanks for hanging in. Try and shake this result off and have a good rest of your weekend. Have a couple of beers on me. We'll see you next time.